Nashville Predators making some changes at practice before they take on the Toronto Maple Leafs this season. Will it lead to more scoring? Plus, Roman Yossi off to a bit of a slow start, at least on the score sheet. How much do we read into that? We'll talk about it today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators podcast your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, want to start out by saying hello to our loyal Lockdown Predheads out there, the everydayers who tune in to every single show. We love you guys. We appreciate the support you give us week after week. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at The Hockey News. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. All right. Some interesting stuff on today's show. Uh, Roman Yossi off to a little bit of a slow start by his standards that he set the past couple years how much do we read into that? We're going to dive into that discussion. But first, talking about some changes yeah. for the Nashville Predators already earlier in the season. This isn't just rotating fourth line guys out. This It looks like the line blender uh, is making its first big appearance of the regular season here, and. Yeah. So the, you know, it seems like Andrew Brunette has sort of settled into some lines that are working. Of course, Cody Glass's injury shifted some of those things, but they've kind of been pretty consistent the last couple of games. In practice yesterday, a little adjustment to the to the lines in practice. Andrew Brunette has not commented whether this is the game plan going forward for Saturday night's game, but of note, I think, and worth discussing, that the top line has changed slightly. Instead of Yuso Parson and playing with Philip Forsberg and Ryan O'Reilly yesterday in practice, Cole Smith was running uh, drills with Philip Forsberg and Ryan O'Reilly. This is information that I believe will be embraced with joy and love amongst the entire Nashville Predators fan base. Can I actually just say, though, like, you know, there's obviously some detractors to this. Yeah. There is a surprising amount of people online who have been like, yep, yeah, I mean, Cole yeah. Smith's been pretty good this year. Yes, thank goodness, yeah, y'all. Like, like more so than, you know, that would have been the case if, last, if this happened last year. <laughs> I will just point out that mo- people seem to be a little bit more um open to yes. this yes maybe that's the right word to use yes you nailed the whole cole smith situation last season when you were talking about it's the lid on the jelly jar cole smith was not what everybody was really upset about last season he was just the thing that caused the fight in the hockey marriage between fans and the national predators yeah you know, he was not the issue. And look, Cole Smith off to a hot start, did a ton of work in the offseason and really off to a hot start for the Nashville Predators. And 
may I say this respectfully um, and without a ton of worry, that top line could use a little hot start. Yeah. Look, Cole Smith is not somebody with as much upside as a Phil Tomasino or Yuso Parsonen or, you know, anything like that. Uh, he's not somebody who's as skilled as a Philip Forsberg or Ryan O'Reilly, mm-hmm. but this is almost like the Kiefer Sherwood discussion we had yesterday. You know, if he can come in and just make good plays, that's what right. they need. And, and you watch him and he's fast. Like his, his skating, I, I think has kind of fit this style of play. Andy Burnett wants to play with. And remember like way back in the first week of training camp, Cole Smith was one of the people that Andrew Burnett highlighted right away and said, look, like he's come in. He's one of like, you know, he's worked hard. He's one of the people that's kind of gotten it, you know, the way we want to play the quickest. Yeah. And, you know, we saw him spend some time on that first line in training camp and didn't look like he sort of was out of place. Now he's, you know, looks like he may get a chance at least to start the game. Uh, against Toronto if if these practice lines hold up. Yeah, there I think there's a good chance and and I do want to reiterate what you're saying like in training camp one of the players that stood out was Cole Smith. I mean, with speed, with kind of an all-around improvement to his game. And if you look at the things that Andrew Brunette was a little bit frustrated about when it came to the loss to the Vancouver Canucks, some of those things are things that Cole Smith really excels at, you know winning the puck battle, keeping puck possession. You can say whatever you want about Cole Smith, this, that, or the other thing, but he is really hard on the boards. He is hard on the puck. He will get a turnover. He will keep possession of the puck. He will use his body physically. And also, let's not forget, Cole Smith off to a pretty hot offensive start, y'all. He is playing with some confidence and and well-earned. So whether this is exactly what's going to happen with Toronto, I don't know. But I do think keep your eye on this because, you know, that's kind of how things were unfolding at practice. And I agree with you. Philip Forsberg, Ryan O'Reilly, different skill set maybe than Cole Smith. But sometimes you need a Cole Smith in there to jumpstart the Philip Forsberg and the Ryan O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the fact that those guys are getting great chances, but they're not finishing them yeah and maybe this is a puzzle piece that helps click that for o'reilly and forsberg that's sort of the biggest thing i think the preds need right now on that top line is a finisher because the chances are there um and you know ryan o'reilly made some good plays against vancouver but zero shots on goal Yuso parsonen who is We'll talk about him coming up in, in just a second because he's another piece in these changes the Preds are making. Uh, but zero shots uh, against Vancouver and, and Dare Down. It felt Forsberg had four shots on goal uh, in that game. But again, like he, it's it's kind of up to him to be the finisher on that line. Like he's the 42 goal scorer on the team. Um, he, you know, the, the Preds got to find a way on that top line to convert some of these good looks, these good opportunities, these good possessions into goals on the scoreboard. And that's, that's been the biggest, as you would say, and the hitch in the giddy up hitch in the giddy to up. start the season so far is that first line we talked about on Monday, that first line is absolutely cooking Yes, right now. Like they are on fire. Uh, they, the only thing they're not doing well is finishing those opportunities and putting the puck in the net. 
It's like, you know, it's like if the Harlem Globetrotters, you know, did just like some fancy routine or something like that. And then, you know, miss the, miss the alley-oop dunk. Oh gosh. Right at the yeah. end. That, that kind of feels like the, the first line of the Nashville Predators right now is who's going to be the guy that, you know, takes the ball midair, tomahawks it, and then just slams it home. Yeah. That's, you know, I'm still waiting for somebody on that top line to do that. And look, Cole Smith is a player who gets into dangerous areas. Not saying he's going to, you know, snipe one from the circles every, you know, game. Every game. But, you know, he's somebody that, hey, Philip Forsberg gets a good shot and there's a rebound. Cole Smith should be right there to kind of clean things up. Yes. And those are the kind of goals I think that Nashville wants to get. Those are the goals that are going to get this team going. You get some of that stuff happening in front of the net. You get traffic in front of the net. And then, you know, you've got somebody there for tip-ins, for rebounds. Um, and, and those kind of greasier goals, you know what? They count. Same same amount as the pretty stuff. And let's not forget Cole Smith nailing the breakaway shots so far this season. So if Ryan O'Reilly can find him with a stretch pass, hey, who knows what could happen? So I I am I am a hundred percent here for this move. I think everybody breathed through the fact that, you know what, this is just going to be a season where we're going to see shifts in lines because Andrew Brunette is still learning the players. We have a lot of young players that are still learning their own game. We have a whole team still learning a system and getting comfortable with it. So we're going to see some of these tweaks. I think this is, I think this is a really great, great move. I think this will be really interesting to see what happens with it and if this is the top line that we're going to see against Toronto, y'all, on Saturday. Yeah, that's going to be a big test as well. Yeah. Um, one second. Bless you. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, on the other side of these changes uh, is somebody who's getting bumped off of the top line and maybe out of the lineup altogether entering Saturday's matchup against Toronto. Uh, we'll see what these changes leave for Yuso Parsonen coming up. Plus, Phil Tomasino looks like he might get another chance. And Roman Yossi off to a bit of a slow start. How much? Uh, should we read into that? We'll dive into all of that in just one second. But first, want to mention again, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. NFL season officially in full swing. Or if you're a Titans fan, the NFL season is just about over. Wherever you are, wherever your team is, you can snap into action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And that's because even though it's midseason for the NFL, FanDuel is still accepting new customers, and they're offering $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when a new customer places a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So even if you bet on the Titans to do anything fruitful and they kind of screw you over, you lose the bet, you still get the $200 in bonus bets. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's plenty of betting options, including spreads, player props, like how many rushing yards is Derrick Henry going to get before he's traded to Cleveland or wherever, over-unders on point totals for the games, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
All right, well, we were talking about some of the changes the Nashville Predators have made, at least in their practice line rushes. We talked about Cole Smith joining Philip Forsberg, Ryan O'Reilly on that first line. Uh, not many changes on that second or third line. You have Trenton Sissons, Nyquist, Sherwin, Novak, Evangelista. And then on the bottom line, we have a combination of Phil Tomasino, Michael McCarron, and Sammy Fagimo. Uh, there is a name that we didn't mention it's not because we forgot. It's Yuso Parsonen. Yeah. Uh, at least on Wednesday's practice, was skating as kind of the extra forward, participating with like the D rushes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what do you make of a, a couple different things? One is Tomasino coming back in and Yuso Parsonen dropping out altogether. Yeah, interesting move. I love seeing Tomasino on a line with McCarron and uh, Fagimo. If you recall, Tomasino and McCarron really played well together on that in on that fourth line back in the day. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of you know interesting to see them reunited with Sam Fagimo, who brings kind of his own. You know, this is a guy who's got a great shot, brings kind of a different skill set to that line. So. I think that's interesting, but yes, Yuso Parson in skating with um, kind of doing some practice stuff, um, line rushes with some defensemen or with Sam Foodie and a coach. So I don't know what to take from this. There is a part of me that's like, did he tweak something? Is he okay? Just maternally, I instantly go to, is he okay? Um, I don't, I don't know. It's interesting because I love popping Cole Smith into that top line, but then I, but the fair point is where do you put you so person in? You don't want to mess with what you've got going with Tomo Sherwood and Evangelista right now. I mean, the kid line or kid adjacent line, they're cooking really well. Um, you don't necessarily want to do too much with Nyquist, Sissons and Trennan um, because they're working okay. And, and, and if you shift that, then you're really kind of shaking the whole Yahtzee container but if you're bringing in Phil Tomasino and you're still trying to get a handle on what Sam Fagimo brings, there isn't necessarily a spot in practice, perhaps, I don't know, mm. in a game on Saturday. So I, I don't know. I'm hesitant to read too, too much into it because there is an extra day. It, you know, they've got some extra time between games and they may just be trying to sort of sort some things out, see some more of Fagimo. It's interesting, though, because Parson is not a player that I would have anticipated not playing a game. And now yeah. you have to go, hmm, is he a healthy scratch? Hmm. I'll have to go back and watch, I, I guess, his last shifts closely. But I think it was Alex Doherty that pointed out that he had actually kind of been demoted down to, you know, bumped off that first line in each of the last two games. Right. Um, so, I mean, I didn't notice mm -hmm. anything obscenely wrong with this game. Like it wasn't just, you know, throwing the puck to the other team no. or anything like that, but no. maybe this is a, a, you know, something like what we did see with Phil Tomasino, healthy scratch, Andrew Burnett pulling him out just to be like, look, you know, we just, you know, kind of need him to refocus a little bit. Like he's working hard. Um, it's just not really translating to, you know, the, the game right now. Maybe that's a situation that they're looking at. 
uh, with Yuso Parsonen. He did get off to a great start this season. He I did. think that, you know, he was a big part of this early success of that first line. Um, so who knows? Maybe this is just a reset. Maybe this is, you know, uh, Burnett trying to give people some other looks. Um, it's interesting to see. Excited to see Tomasino back in the lineup and kind mm-hmm. of what he's learned um you know over the you know past week or so of practice in which he hasn't really been playing in the, in game action um plus him with Fagimo I think is an interesting combo there's some well offense Phil, there yeah Phil Tomasino is a guy who loves to pass loves to create things for other people and Fagimo we mentioned has that shot um I, I think that's maybe you know a combination that can I think can work really well for the Nashville Predators, especially, uh, you know, if, if they get a decent amount of five on five time together, yeah. Yeah. uh, somebody on the back end though. And that I think we all would love to see step up a little bit. Uh, let's talk about Roman Yossi's start to the season. No yeah. goals, just three points, three assists mm-hmm. in, one, in uh, seven games this season so far in 2024 and were you expecting maybe a little bit of a stronger start for Roman Yossi I was especially in the sense that this is a roster that has some younger players on it this is a roster that is learning a new system and Roman Yossi is one of those people that we have always known he is old reliable no matter what is going on you know that Roman Yossi is going to be solid defensively and you know that he is going to finish offensively and I am a little bit surprised that we haven't seen him scoring some goals yet. I think there are a couple of reasons why. Number one, Andrew Burnett is like, look, I'm going to try to use Roman Yossi in a little bit different role. Roman Yossi is sort of the guy that everything goes through. He's the toll booth for offense for the Nashville Predators for seasons. Like everything kind of runs through him. You're not getting on the highway unless it goes through you know, Roman Yossi. And so I think that that is a little bit different, like systematically. Also, I think it matters that they're sort of changing up his role on the power play. If you watch the power play, there are times where Tyson Berry is quarterbacking the power play. Roman Yossi Mm -hmm. is playing some different areas. And I think it might take some time for him to get comfortable doing that. I think he's excited about that. I think that this long-term could be great for Roman Yossi, but I am surprised because he was one of the players like Philip Forsberg for me, who I thought early, these guys are going to carry the team until everybody else gets up to speed. And that just hasn't happened. And I don't know if I can nail down a hundred percent why I don't know. What what are your thoughts well, on what we're not it's, seeing? It's funny because I thought like, oh, like, you know, maybe they are, um, you know, using him a little bit different. Maybe they're, you know, bringing him back instead of, you know, all these offensive starts that he had, you know, maybe having him play a little bit more of a defensive role than he had been under John Hines. And so I looked and uh, no, in fact, it's gone the other way. Andrew Burnett is actually starting him on offense more than, uh, uh, John Hines did his about 72% of his, of his zone starts have been in the offensive zone only average about, you know, 65 under John Hines. So it's actually going the other way. And I, I do think the power play is, you know, something that, you know, does probably contributes a little bit to that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you also want to see him, you know, kind of take the reins on five on five a little bit too and jump into the play like he's been the past few years. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if that's an Andrew Burnett change, if he's like, look, we kind of want you to hang back, but 
you know, when you have Dante Fabro as your your defensive partner, somebody who, you know, can kind of handle that blue line and be that stay-at-home right. guy, you know, you would expect, you know, especially in Andrew Burnett's style for Yossi to be somebody that sort of becomes more aggressive. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you. And you look at something uh, just statistically, you know, you kind of look at, you know, individual expected goals for, and this is somebody who normally is, you know, one of the the leaders on the team in, in that. And really, we're not seeing a ton of expected goals for from Roman Yossi, like just I don't know. It's just not, it's, it hasn't, we haven't seen it materialize when it comes to goals yet. It's coming, but it is, it does make you wonder like, what is the difference here? Like what, what is in, in the power play can only, can only be used to kind of excuse so much of that statistically, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, we know they're using him different on the power play, but at five on five, where is this disconnect? It's not like Dante Fabro's new. He's not new. They know each other. They played together. So yeah, you do kind of wonder. And that is a player. Roman Yossi is a player that's a difference maker when he is on for this team. Huge difference maker for the team. Very much like, again, Philip Forsberg. So those are two guys that the Predators have to get going. It's great that we're seeing scoring from Kiefer Sherwood and we're seeing what Tommy Novak can do. And, you know, Cole Smith has been off to a hot start. But you have got to get Roman Yossi and Philip Forsberg cooking offensively for this Nashville Predators team to be successful. And those two just... We're not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. We are going to have to see what happens uh, Saturday against Toronto and see if there are any changes that come up from that as well. More to come uh, from the Locked on a Predators podcast in just one second. First, want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by our great friends at Jace Medical. If you are a regular listener, you know this story. My husband and I were traveling internationally several years ago. We were overseas for about 17 days. And in the middle of our trip, I ended up getting really sick and we were stuck. I was half a world away from my primary care doctor who understood my very specific medical situations. And we had to make do with whatever we could find over the counter in a pharmacy in an other country. It was a little bit tricky until I could get home. Jace Medical wants to make sure that you don't have to be in that situation with their Jace case. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit. It contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common bacterial infections. And now you can customize your case and add additional life-saving medication that's based on your own unique needs. Now you can choose the medications that best fit you and your family's medical needs. All it takes to get your Jace case is filling out a simple form online and in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of their board certified physicians. You can also get ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment related questions. To get your Jace case, go to jacemedical.com and enter code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code locked on at jacemedical.com. J-A-S-E medical.com. Want to mention today's episode is also brought to you by Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Philip Forsberg could score 50 goals. The Nashville Predators could hoist the Stanley Cup. Or more realistically, you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper. 
the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. It's so easy to use. All it works is you need to pick, you know, three or four players like Philip Forsberg, Ryan O'Reilly, Tommy Novak, and then do over-under. Will they record more or less than their Sleeper projections for the game? Things like goals, assists, saves, plus-minus, and more. To win a 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Preds fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. You can have uh, the group chat function so you can talk with other fans around the NHL, see which players they're putting their money on. So maybe you can align with that and you can make your entries in under a minute. It's so easy to use, but don't take it from me. Try it yourself. Use promo code locked on NHL and get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's code locked on NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Uh, for the last segment of the show, there's something that Ann and I uh, did want to talk about or offer our thoughts on, uh, and that is the situation involving the pride tape uh, across the NHL. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, earlier this week, the NHL uh, has reversed its more or less de facto ban uh, on pride tape. Um, that came after Arizona defenseman Travis Dermott decided to just say, screw that whole noise. I'm putting pride tape on during this game anyway. Um, received a lot of attention for it. A lot of, I, I think, both kudos and, you know, a little bit of, you know, vocal opposition from some people. Uh, but the NHL has gone ahead and just reversed uh, that earlier decision. So players are now allowed to wear pride tape uh, on their sticks. Not sure how this is going to affect any other sort of, you know, celebrations moving forward. Um, you know, I think everybody certainly has thoughts on this. Uh, and I'll, I'll start with you and just kind of what your take over, you know, maybe the initial saga and the news this week. I think the NHL did not handle this well at all. Um, I think in a league that you are looking to grow your fan base, in a league that you you have used the tagline, hockey is for everyone, in a league that needs players to be more marketable and to do that, they need to be more um, individualistic, they need to show more personality. I think banning anything like this, something so harmless as a tape, for any group, any cause, any passion, any community is just a horrible look for the NHL. I think it's a horrible look for the NHL. And it's almost like they just didn't think it through. And, and then once you have one player who says, okay, you're going to ban this, but I'm going to do it anyway, the NHL is caught with their pants down and they... Their hands were tied. Yeah, Their hands were tied. And you know what? They at least did the right thing with their hands tied and said, oops, sorry, we're not going to do anything because this would have been even bigger of a cluster had they dialed down on this. But it is absurd to me that this is something that is happening in this league that the league feels like they need to monitor this level of, y'all, it's tape on a stick. It's tape on a yeah. stick. 
You know, and whether it is for one community, a marginalized community, whether it is for a cause or that is passionate, uh, that a player is passionate about, whether it is to raise, raise awareness about things, why are we not? I mean, they are whole people. They are grown ups. Most of them are grown ups. Some of them are very young, but they are grown ups. And for the NHL to have done this, it is not well thought out. And I think it is symptomatic of maybe a bigger problem with leadership in the NHL. It, it seemed like an overcorrection uh, to oh, begin gosh, with, because, yeah. you know, the reason this saga started, um, you know, I think it was looking back, uh, Ivan Provorov was the first one uh, to decline to, you know, wear the pride warm-up jerseys. Uh, and then you see teams canceling pride night. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of the talk was, because, you know, there's somebody who didn't want to wear the jersey and the team didn't want them singled out. So just nobody wore it. Right. And look, I'm not naive enough to think that everybody uh, is in the world is going to think the way I do. I'm not naive to think that everybody listening to this podcast right now is going to think the way I do. But, you know, what the NHL did was take away the option. Right. And, you know, that you're you're digging yourself into a slippery slope there if, if, you know, players aren't allowed to support pride because, you know, there's other controversial issues on the other side. Like, you know, what if the there's a uh, I, I'm just spitballing here, but, you know, a law enforcement night or something like that. And there's, you know, a African-American player who doesn't you know, who has certain feelings on that and doesn't want to participate in that. Uh, what if there is a military appreciation night and somebody disagrees with, you know, sort of the way that, um, you know, the, the military has been used in foreign conflicts? Right. You know, what if what if there are causes on, you know, that are, I, I guess, if for lack of a better word, you know, kind of lean the other way that a player doesn't feel comfortable taking in and you know do you ban do you wind up banning those causes too uh do you wind up you know is there is the same amount of scrutiny for a player who doesn't want to participate in that so it seems like you are you know what the nhl did was well fine we're just not going to do anything and you know you wind up losing you know not only you know a chance to do some good for a lot of lgbtq advocacy groups because a lot of those jerseys and stuff get auctioned off um you know you, you're potentially hurting your ability to you know speak a cause for something else and again like there's a lot of causes that some players might support that i don't necessarily agree with and maybe they want to highlight that on their stick. And that's, that's going to be their prerogative. Right. But I, I don't think you can, this seemed very much, you know, a reaction to one specific issue. And instead you put, a, you know, together basically a blanket policy that handcuffed you down the road. And that to me is where the NHL steered wrong. And look, if you don't want to wear the pride Jersey, don't wear the pride Jersey, don't wear the pride tape you know, you're like, you're going to have to face the reaction to that. Just like, you know, if somebody were to kneel for the national anthem, they're going to, that's their prerogative and they're going to have to deal with the reaction to that. But, you know, for the NHL to step in and be like, no, like nobody can do anything 
like we are we're going to be the league where there's no drama and you know it's all going to be hockey all the time that's when you cut off you know a player's individuality and and, and their right to choose right. what they want to support and what they don't yeah and i think what concerns me the most is it feels like leadership in the nhl just doesn't know how to navigate hard things and you've got to be able to na navigate hard things like this. And I agree with you. I think they they want, let's just be about hockey. We want to just be about hockey. You know what? Like it or lump it, sports is about more than sports. Mm -hmm. You can like that. You can hate that. But that is the reality right now. Sports is about more than sports. And I don't feel like the NHL knows how to navigate hard things well. And I think yeah. this is a prime example of that. And, and I think that's very problematic. Yeah. And that's something that I think we've kind of uh, been coping with for a, a while now in the NHL, where it's just um, you know, the other, other leagues have handled those difficult situations those difficult topics much, much better than the NHL has. And um, who knows, maybe, you know, maybe they'll learn from it someday. It's they not haven't really they're... in the past four or five years, but. Well, and um, like you're saying, you've seen other leagues navigate this stuff. Why is the NHL not learning from others? It just feels like they're still staggering around in the dark a little bit on this stuff. It's hard to watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's our thoughts on the situation and, uh, feel like that is a good place to leave it. Uh, tomorrow we'll look ahead to the weekend for the Nashville Predators. What do they need to do to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, plus maybe some fun Friday activities for you coming up. We'll talk about that tomorrow. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on, now we have X in our graphic. We do have X bird. in our graphic. Twitter X still can't get there at NK underscore mama on ice. You can find me on X at underscore NS Morgan. Read my work at penaltyboxradio.com. That's going to do it for us on today's Lockdown Predators podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back with an all new episode tomorrow. We'll see you then.